1: Some called it a must win. Everyone recognized that it was a big game and the Pittsburgh Steelers lose that big game. They put forth their worst effort of the season on their biggest day of the season, losing to the Bengals 41 to 10 and the Steelers are now going to have to fight to avoid the basement of the AFC North at the end of this year with a very tough schedule ahead and another big divisional matchup coming next week. This is your Steelers post-game show here on Pittsburgh Sports Live and Steelers Now. I'm your host, as always, Mike Oste, and head over to Steelers Now for a game recap. And we will have video reaction here. Mike Tomlin and players here on Pittsburgh Sports Live. And then, of course, our coverage throughout the rest of the day and the coming week over there at Steelers now and <laughs> a lot to talk about to say the least a lot to hear from the Steelers coaches and players to say the very least because there's no excuses for this one there's no controversy here they actually got healthier than last week they give up the same point total as last week and they don't have 37 on the board unlike last week they get down early They get down big, early, mistakes by Ben, mistakes by the team. The defense really didn't look any better than last week, even with TJ and Minka back. Minka did make a play in this game. TJ did not look healthy. You would figure 70% of TJ Watts better than 100% of most others, but he certainly looked hurt in this game. The defense arguably being so undermanned, Maybe actually played better last week because this week, again, they're healthier. Still no Joe Hayden. That's a big deal for the secondary. And Joe Burrow just able to carve up the team early. They're able to ground and pound late. Joe Mixon able to get himself in the end zone. And nothing really mattered. Nothing really went well for the Steelers. 41 to 10. Ben then lingered on throughout the game. I do want to touch on that for sure. I do want to get your thoughts on that. Ben Roethlisberger playing throughout this game. I probably would have benched him at halftime. And it's not to say that Ben couldn't turn it around and be better next week. Last week was the best game we've seen from Ben in a year and a half. And we talked about that here on this postgame show. But it is also very likely the best days of Ben are behind him. He's he certainly had more Poor performances than great ones in the last year or so. This was not going to be an easy game. Next week won't be an easy game. And regardless of what you think of Ben actually, when the score is that much out of hand, you also got to think about either not wanting to get him hurt in a game like this if you still want to preserve him and try to scratch and claw and get in the postseason or worry about your franchise overall because ben is unlikely to be back next year or even if he wants to come back next year maybe you'd sit him down and say it's not best for the franchise maybe it would have actually been better if he wasn't around this year because you could jump start trying to rebuild something rather than trying to get into the postseason and win a championship that i don't think many thought was going to happen but okay you have a veteran roster You're in win-now mode. You make some moves. I get it. Look at the landscape of the NFL. They could still make the playoffs, as insane as that sounds. And this was a really, really bad defeat at the hands of the Bengals that'll make it very hard on them. But the seven spots, plenty of wild card opportunities. They would have got in two years ago with, with Mason and Doc if there were seven spots then. They finished a game out. So crazier things have happened. But what does crawling into the postseason really do for you? And they're never going to tank. Rooney's are never going to tank. Tomo's never going to tank. They're not going to do it. So it's hardly worth us even discussing it. But you're down by 30 points. You lose 41 to 10. Yeah, you get that mop-up touchdown. What does that matter, Ben to Claypool late? It doesn't. It doesn't matter at all. If you lose 41 to 3 versus 41 to 10, it's still a loss for you. It's still a bad loss for you. And you're still on the same spot you, you were going to be in terms of the division in the conference and losing three straight to the Bengals. either way losing both this year and then one last year so it wouldn't have been good no matter what the game in hand so if you're worrying about this year or if you're worrying about next year because maybe you got to finally figure out what you have in Mason Rudolph not just for a game not just for a little bit not off of two years ago when he wasn't nearly ready not off the fans opinion because most of you guys hate him but just actually see for a game or so, if, if this team loses again, if this team loses their next two to the Ravens and then the Vikings, granted, that's not a conference matchup. Then you certainly maybe should pull the trigger at that point, and they're never going to bench Ben Roethlisberger. The Steelers are never going to do it unless Ben is hurt, and I mean injured, so he can't play. And he agrees to not playing, even though he took, le- took less money, as I say so here, or he's dealing with COVID protocol, as we've already seen this year he's going to play. I mean, the man tested negative and an hour later is on a private jet after the team already went to California and he's playing and he actually played well against the Chargers in Sunday night football, but turns around and offers this performance. Ben picks could have been two pick sixes was at least one by Mike Hilton, which how ironic would that be? If that pick six basically ends the Steelers season certainly could happen. He's going to wave goodbye. He's certainly going to love that. I'm sure it was there in the press box in Pittsburgh when he waved goodbye to the fans and he didn't do much in that game, but certainly gets the pick six in this one. And again, Ben, wasn't good. Ben didn't need to play as long as he did. I'd like to see something more from Mason. Not to say he, he he should get the keys to the Cadillac or I love him as a starter or anything like that, but he's your QB two. Haskins is the third guy. Haskins hasn't proven anything easier. Give it to Mason. If he keeps on sucking, then give it to Haskins. I don't care. Fine. But you can't just keep on doing this. If you're not going to be a playoff team, no quarterback in the world, no player in the world, no athlete in the world, no person in the world deserves to just keep on lingering on, even if it's not in the best interest of your team, company, whatever the case may be, and eventually, maybe sooner than later, that's going to be the situation for Ben Roethlisberger and the Steelers. Again, here, this is our Steelers post game show. Feel free to chat along. I do see some of you there, so feel free to jump in and chat along. I will go to you, and this is really an opportunity for you here at the top of the show. I will have Michael Beck of Behind the Steel Curtain to join me here in a bit. He's actually talking to Tomlin and those players as we speak here. And we do have Alan Saunders here with our Steelers now network and, and Pittsburgh sports. Now, of course, having those conversations as well. And I can't wait for those, those videos. I can't wait to hear what Tomlin and these players have to say. I probably know what they're going to say. Of course, there's no excuse. Standard is a standard standard. isn't this. Cam Hayward's been mean monkey on the sideline. He's not going to be happy. TJ won't make excuses off his injury, you know, It'll be the same old story. Ben will say he has to be better. Of course, he's he's going to take it. He'll take it on the chin. He always has done that. Yeah, he you know maybe in the past he threw some people under buses, but more recent Ben he'll take it. But again, I, you know we know what we're going to hear. But I still still can't wait to hear it. And maybe we'll ask Michael as well as he's he's dealing with those post game zooms again. Michael back from behind the still curtain will join me here in a bit. I do see some chat action, although I do see our parental fires. We have to eliminate some of these comments. So what are you saying already? Um, I can see some of this, and I can read some of this. I might even allow that one, actually. I don't see a swear word. Yeah, they played like trash. Let's, let's show it, and let's allow it. Um, trash offense, trash defense. Maybe this is why they took this away. Trash QB. I don't know if he's a trash person, um, but he didn't play well. He played like trash. Trash, trash, trash. What an embarrassment. Well, honestly... You know, again, uh, that's a rare occasion. I don't know if I've ever done that actually since running this channel and and hosting any show here. We have parental advisory up pretty high for a reason. We don't want to let this get you know buck wild. We don't want to have anything disrespectful. We don't really want swear words here, even though it's digital media and we're not dealing with the FCC. We want to keep it as professional as we can, no matter what game or, or what we're discussing, whether it be a controversial topic, a hot button topic, or like this where your team you the fans are entering this chat after a really really bad loss however that might be the first time i've ever seen something that was taken away off our parental advisory being so high they were alerting me saying hey this shouldn't be here And the channel was automatically hiding it. I didn't have to do anything because, again, our advisory is very, very high for all the reasons I mentioned earlier. And I say, no, let me keep it. So, you know, again, there's no swear words here. I don't see anything that's not true there. He didn't really get personal, or at least I'm going to assume the trash QB comment was about the play. So as long as that's the case, then, yeah, I'm allowing it because Ben didn't play well. Ben certainly didn't play well early. Those interceptions, maybe you could say the first one, is on Claypool in terms of not finishing the route there. Certainly the second one is on Ben, and that's the one that was ran back for the pick six and the touchdown for Cincy. And the the defense did play like trash. The defense was bad. The defense in the past at least was able to get at the opposing quarterback and generate a patch rush, and sometimes that would lead to turnovers. But – it hasn't been like that now for a couple of weeks. Last week, they certainly were banged up and could use that excuse. This week, they got healthier. Even if guys aren't at 100%, everyone's hurt in the NFL. And they absolutely played like trash against a quality quarterback and Joe Burrow. But still, it just was over from Jump Street. Ben made those mistakes. And the Steelers offense, unlike last week, which eventually got going. We talked about a lot last week on the post-game show that maybe there was that aha moment, that eureka moment in the second half. We had to wait and see. Well, it didn't happen in this game at all. Um, I am now going to bring on my guest for the show. That, again, is Michael Beck with Behind the Steel Curtain. He's deputy editor over there at Behind the Steel Curtain. And, Michael, thanks for, for joining me on the show. Uh, happy to have you here. Want to get a new fresh voice and face here to our network. So happy to have you. I know you're just speaking with Tomlin and players, so I'm going to get your thoughts on that here soon. We're going to have all that on the channel and our network as well. But uh, I can't wait to hear it. As I said to, to our listeners and viewers, I probably already know what they said and are going to say, but I still can't can't wait to hear it in a way because, uh, you know, the standard's the standard, and the standard in this game wasn't a good one. The Steelers lose 41 to 10. It was a big game. Some said it was a must win. I said it was a must win. They certainly didn't win it. What happened in this game to have this be the result, especially in comparison to last week, because obviously they started out slow last week. Obviously they were at without several key players, but if you look in that second half, it appeared, and we talked about this a lot last week on this show, the offense may have figured something out. Ben and the offense looked better than they had in a year or so, but that didn't even carry over in this game. They got healthier in this game. They're playing a good team, but the Bengals have also lost to some bad teams and it wasn't like they just lost to a team that might be better and younger. They really got totally embarrassed in this game, even more so than any game I can really remember with the exception of the Browns playoff game in a while. So what immediately, before we unpack all of this, do you think happened here to allow this to be the result? Did the Bengals just dominate? Are they that much better than Pittsburgh? Or did the Steelers just not get up for this somehow and then things unravel? Yeah, I think
0: especially when you're, we're comparing it to last week, I think the biggest difference is the Steelers. Uh, they folded their tents uh, the second they they got down, and that lead got built pretty quickly after that interception from Big Ben in the first quarter. Things just got out of hand, and really, it just seemed like the effort just fell off a cliff there for the Steelers. It's uh, it was it was a tough game, um, and really, I think uh, it, it's been just kind of things uh, piling on a snowballing effect of sorts with uh, how games have kind of gone the last few weeks that. I think they put themselves in a position to uh, kind of fold their tent. So it was, uh, it was definitely. I think that side of things. I don't think they're that far off from the Bengals' talent-wise, but uh, they kind of uh, they they definitely gave up in this one. I, I'd say is a, a fair assessment.
1: Yeah, and obviously they lost that game earlier this season in Pittsburgh. I was there in the press box for that one. They lost the last game of last season. Now this is three straight losses to the Bengals, which is unheard of really in this rivalry. And the Bengals are a good team. I thought they would be a playoff team next year, maybe flirt with it this year. It appears based on the landscape, it appears based on their progression, they're likely to get in this year. I would say at this point, if they don't at least get a wild card, that's incredibly disappointing with the situation they've now put themselves in. So maybe they're better than some would have thought. But again, 41 to 10, pretty much out of it from Jump Street. That That's just, I don't think even the most negative Steelers fan or media member expected this result vegas didn't say this would be the case even on the road so the steelers do lose they lose an embarrassing fashion Here, michael beck joining me on our post game show from behind steel curtain now michael i also want to ask you about what i've talked about with our listeners and viewers prior to to having you join the show ben roethlisberger obviously obviously didn't have a good day no one can defend this performance certainly in the first half multiple interceptions the first one maybe on Claypool the second one really on Ben and that ended up being a pick six that really was the backbreaker not a great performance from Ben to say the least and this is coming off of last week where he might have had his best game in two years certainly in the second half against the Chargers despite the loss what are your thoughts on Ben playing this entire game. I mean, once you get the score the way it is and Ben is clearly not having his best day for me, I would have put Mason in. It's not nothing to say that you're never going to see Ben again, or that Mason's the second coming of anything, but it feels like this game was just pointless in the second half. I maybe would have made that move. That's been a conversation throughout this game that, you know, once the game got out of hand, why is Ben still out there? So do you think Ben should have even played at all in the second half? Do you have any problems with him playing as long as he did? And would you have liked to see Mason just for the fact that either it's an opportunity to see more of him to to finally figure out what you have or that there's, if the game's out of hand, there's no benefit for more Ben Roethlisberger.
0: Yeah, no, I, I totally get where you're coming from. Uh, I think uh, Mason Rudolph playing, I, I expected it at some point. Um, I, I definitely I definitely thought Ben would still come out for the second half, though. Okay. Uh, when uh, when you get away from your starting quarterback that early in the game, I, I think it sends a message to the rest of your team that, okay, this one's over, we'll worry about next right. week. And
1: they still- came back last week, too. That's probably part of what was in their mind, too. I mean, 27 points in the second half. Nobody expected that comeback in the second half last week.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I think that also plays a a part of it uh, because the Steelers have showed that ability, of course, a week ago, still being fresh in the coaching staff's mind. But I'm 100% with you that uh, Rudolph probably should have got a quarter there, especially we have to consider Ben's age. This team's direction moving forward. We have to be certain and check off all boxes at uh, the most most important position in all sports, uh, let alone any other spot that the Steelers were rotating guys in on. I think I think you, you want to get Rudolph a couple of snaps, especially down the stretch if the Steelers continue to lose here. I, I feel like his name is going to start popping up more and more.
1: Yeah. And again, I've covered this team for a while. I think we both probably can agree that outside of COVID protocol and a serious injury for Ben, He's going to be the starter. I cannot imagine Mike Tomlin and, and the Rooney family hooking him, certainly not halfway through the year. So even with the understanding that Ben would start next week and be the best option for next week, I think it's clear that Ben probably is still the better option in comparison to Mason or certainly Dwayne Haskins. But for this game, it didn't seem to make sense that Ben was still out there in certainly most of the second half, if the second half at all here. Michael Beck joining me here from behind the steel curtain. The Steelers do lose it 41-10. to 10 worst game uh, than against the Browns in the playoffs. Well, that was the playoffs. This is the regular season, so I can't say this is worse than that one, um, but it's pretty bad. I mean, it certainly was, was pretty bad. It's right up there in one of the worst games uh, we've seen the Steelers play in, in a while, and some are already calling it the signifier of the end of an era. Who knows? They could turn around and look good next week, but it does put you really in needing a climb and a tough schedule ahead. So even though we maybe agree here that Ben isn't going to get the hook unless he's either not healthy or dealing with COVID for you. What would it take to put Mason into a game? That's not a blowout. Would it take Ben playing poorly? Would it take going into a week? Would you go into a week? If the Steelers get blown out again next week, would you consider him going to Minnesota? We do have an extra week here this year. This is not, we we have a long journey still to go here with another month or so, but what would it take for you to go to Mason Rudolph? He is the QB, two, so it's either him or Ben. What would it take for you to see Mason Rudolph this year as a starter? So completely thinking
0: away from what the, the Rooney families and Coach right. Tomlin would do, right. because, of course, that's like a, almost yeah. a non non-thing with them. But I feel like if they get blown out again or Ben is – we're sitting at halftime He's thrown three or four picks like that Jags game uh, in 2017, uh, the first one. I feel like either of those situations, if the Steelers have a, another repeat of what happened against the Bengals, uh, and I would say then I'd probably start preparing Mason for uh, Minnesota the week after. Um, but uh, I think the only way to replace Ben in a game is if he's playing so poorly that you can convince him uh, to take the second half off. So I, I think that's more the case here than uh, any coach uh, making those decisions.
1: Yeah, it is crazy to say. He took a pay cut to come back this year, and if he didn't do that, he he wouldn't have been able to come back. Kevin Colbert said that, but he is still running the ship. I mean, he's all thin quarterback. He's still running running it. He's still going to have a say-so here, and they're just not going to do it. I just had to ask you, but they're just not going to do it. It's going to be the conversation all week long, I'm sure. It's certainly going to be even a greater conversation if they would lose to Baltimore, that what's the point? And does anyone deserve the right to just linger on when it's not in the best interest of the future of your franchise company or, or really anything? Because once you get out of it and you're certainly not going to make the playoffs, then there would be seemingly no point. But I would still see them putting Ben in because he didn't come back not to play, even though he took a pay cut. So so we, we will see what happens on that front here. Michael back again, joining me here. Behind the steel curtain. Michael, before we get further into this game here, and I also got to talk about the defense and just another bad performance that was he- a healthier group. So we will get that in- into a second. But did you hear anything from Tomlin or any of those players in those post game Zooms that stood out for you? I'd imagine a lot of it is no excuses and we got to be better despite our health or despite anything else going on. But again, I don't think anybody expected this result, even if you thought this team would lose. I'd say my two biggest takeaways from the press conferences,
0: first of all, is how quick Mike Tomlin got off that podium. Uh, that was one of the shortest press conferences. I've been okay. sitting in on those for two yeah. years now. So yeah. that was, he was on, he was off uh, that he burned through that one. Okay. Uh, and then secondly, one of his answers when asked about uh, if there's a possibility of uh, seeing some change personnel wise, he was open to it. He said, Hey, we haven't been good okay. enough. Yeah. Expect some changes. So that's uh, those were my two biggest takeaways. Uh, Cause Coach Tom was typically the guy to stand up there, take the bullets. He, uh, he yeah. ran off in a hurry.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I, I've experienced that from him before. But he certainly, in the last couple of years, for sure has 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 liked to talk and, and almost, you know, get his feelings out. Actually heard him yelling and yelling about the referees and kind of going nuts, even going to the locker room after a victory because he was upset about something and he wanted to get his feelings out. So he didn't even do the vent session. So that's interesting. Now personnel wise is also interesting off of what we were just discussing. Some may read into that about Ben. I don't think that that's going to happen by any means. They're going to ride with Ben here. It's Ben or bust, but it will be interesting if that then would lead into conversations about what to do defensively especially I mean obviously Najee's your workhorse as a running back they're not going to be benching any of these receivers because they're lacking depth from injuries earlier this year and Ebron's hurt anyway so this has to for me that sounds like a defensive answer that he's willing to make some changes defensively because once again the defense let this well game get out of hand very early I can't say game slip away because the offense didn't show up either but What do you think can be done, or is it even possible to have happen to help this defense this year, aside from just getting healthier? Joe Hayden's still out from this game, but you enter most of these seasons figuring Hayden's going to miss four or five games with his age. So that can't be too shocking for you. You actually get others back. Devin Bush continues to be in the witness protection program, but talking about personnel, with Robert Spillane getting hurt in this game and then being out in the second half, I don't know what else you can do there either. You're actually going to need to rely on Devin Bush more. So do you think he maybe was referring to anything defensively, and can anything be done to help this defense moving forward?
0: Yeah, defensively, first of all, like you said, Robert Splane, it would be interesting if he didn't hurt his knee, if he would have played the rest right. of the game. I feel like we're trending in that direction. we were going to see Splane ride this yeah. game out with Devin Bush uh, taking a back seat. But personnel-wise, the Steelers really don't have the guys to make a move. Uh, they, they can't replace uh, anyone on, on the D-line that's already in the starting lineup. Uh, Cornerback-wise, uh, you kind of got to just ride the hot hand. You hope Hayden gets healthy, and then you just play whoever is uh, playing the best, really, at the other spot at this point. Sutton's kind of been a roller coaster. Uh, the safeties, again, like you're not going to replace Minka. Terrell Edmonds is probably having his best year, uh, which isn't really saying all that much, but – I feel like that was more of a shot at the inside linebackers who have been underperforming all year. I also think, uh, to a degree, we could flip things over the other side of the ball. The receivers haven't been great. Chase Claypool, especially uh, down the stretch of this game yeah. with that face mask penalty uh, and then immediately dropping a pass and how his uh, body control has been an issue all year. He might be someone that could benefit from taking uh, a seat on the bench. But then on the offensive line, Zach Banner should be healthy by now. I feel like you might want to get him in
1: for a snap <laughs> yeah. or two. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's almost been it's been such a thing with Banner that I feel like people have stopped talking about. it. I mean, honestly, he's dressing. I remember watching him. I think it was a week or two. It was the Lions tie where he was on the sideline that whole game and was flirting with getting on the field because you could just tell he really wanted to be out there. And again, I know for a fact he's working hard, but I don't get when the offensive line was struggling so much how he couldn't get himself on the field when he was healthy and basically just a healthy scratch. For a hockey term, then the offensive line started to play a little bit better so maybe then I could see okay you don't want to mess with it they did play better the last few weeks, but then you get this again, and I don't even know if I want to pin this on the O line because this is just one of those games that they just had no chance from from the start really again Ben 24 for 41. completes a percentage of under 60, which even in some of his bad performances, it's at least teetered around 60. This is 58% here. 263, a touchdown, two picks, sack three times, so that doesn't help the O-line. Najee, only eight carries, 23 yards. Deontay Johnson, nine for 95, 10.6, so he was fine on 14 targets. Claypool, 382, that one catch was great. He had a 41-yarder, but had some issues there. Certainly you could argue he's responsible for the interception. And then I'm glad you mentioned that because the face mask there at the end, to be fair, if the Steelers were blowing out the Bengals and a Bengals player, and we've seen this before, ripped a Steelers player by the face mask and tossed them down like WWE, Steelers fans would be going nuts. There was that was just completely unnecessary. I wouldn't be shocked if there's a fine there just because it was totally when the game is over. I don't know if more will come. But we're talking about the defense and how this defense needs to get healthy, but there's not much you really can do with now and even cre- increased issue in terms of the health. What can be done offensively? Last week we saw the second half they turned it on. People thought maybe the Eureka moment had occurred. Again, I don't know what you're going to do personnel-wise. You're not going to be benching Ben. Obviously you're, you're going to be trying to feed Najee, but I don't know what can be done. But is there something that can be done for you? Is there tweaks that Matt Candace still needs to make? Because he had some issues with play calling even a few weeks ago. Last week wasn't really his best day in the first half. But then it was an Eureka moment for him and the team that clearly didn't carry over into this game.
0: Yeah, I, I think one of the big factors here for – Matt Canada specifically, they can't get away from the run game. Uh, just sad how, how few carries each of these backs got. Of course, they were in a hole early. But I think a big factor in that, they deferred the ball to, to start this game. Now consecutive games, this defense just being walked over by uh, opposing offenses, what I believe, 82 points in consecutive uh, or both games total. Uh, they need to be a little bit more aggressive yeah. trying to, to start with the ball. If they have that option, they should take the ball to try to establish some sort of a run game because uh, the second that – goes out the window, the Steelers have no play-action game, which has already been a struggle as it is this year. Uh, They just need to be able to stick to their game plans, and it feels like the last two games have gotten so far out of hand uh, so quickly that those game plans should just get tossed out the window, and now they're just playing bend ball to try to get back into it. So I think game plan-wise, they got to try to figure out this run game. they got to try to get some stops early that help the offense, but uh, they are quickly getting away from the plan that you'd want to execute starting a game.
1: Yeah, they had basically the same starts to these last two games, they gave up identically the same amount of points 41 in each game the only difference is in the second half, which I think is confusing for a lot of fans in the second half against the Chargers on Sunday night football, the offense then showed up with 27 points on the board. Matt Kanda, who was struggling with some play-calling, questionable decisions in the first half. All of a sudden, his play calls were money in the second half. Ben looked like he's calling it from the dirt, maybe arguably as well, and everything was working out. Playpool had stepped up. The offense, and that was without Najee doing anything. Najee was banged up and wasn't really providing any yards in the ground in the second half, but the offense was clicking and was moving, and the Chargers are a playoff team as well for many, so it's not like they're nothing. And then you go into this game, and yeah, they start out slow again, but the offense never – gets anything going. I don't know if they were emotionally demoralized or what happened. That's a difference here. Is it just there's something maybe they could carry over and they didn't carry over but could try again here in coming weeks? Or is that second half against the Chargers just going to forever stand as an aberration that makes no sense to the last two years? Because it doesn't. I I, (laughs) I mean, if you look at it, it makes no sense. They can do it in a half. You got to wonder why it can't be then carried over. But it, it just wasn't here in this game.
0: I think that fourth quarter against the Chargers had more to do with the talent of uh, the Chargers and how they kind of played a, a prevent style defense that kind of just yeah. let things happen underneath, which really allowed you to chew up the yardage and get back into games. Um, so I, I do think that's one that's going to just be an anomaly that uh, you probably don't see, especially for the rest of this season, unfortunately, but uh <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. No. I think uh, this this offense needs to figure. It, it hasn't figured out an identity all year long, uh, and that's uh, that's a real issue. Um, I, I think they know that Najee's supposed to be the workhorse, but they still get away from that, especially since that uh, that sixteen sixteen tie against uh, Detroit. It just feels like these last three these last three weeks that the running game just isn't a factor at all. When it really started that four game win streak prior, they're running the football, and now uh, they've yeah. completely gone away from it.
1: Yeah, and Najee struggled early on in the in the season when the offensive line was really struggling, but a thousand yards plus for Najee Harris. And again, he can have a bad game, average under three per carry in this game. So sometimes he's just not going to get it done. He is a rookie. You can't expect him to carry your team on his back single-handedly. But it does feel like you got to feed the beast a little bit more than they're feeding it. And sometimes they get away from it when he doesn't have success early in these games. Michael Beck joining me here from behind the still curtain here. This is post game show and they lose it 41 to 10. We're seeing a lot of action here in the chat about the draft and about <laughs> even somebody bringing up taco over Bush. I don't see that happening, but that would really be interesting. Um, yeah. And of course, no, I don't, myself believe that Mason is the guy that could lead to the promised plan at some point in the future either, but you got to see what's going to happen with him at some point here. And Dwayne's just not going to be the guy. He's not the QB two, So there's no sense in talking about it, but I don't know if they're yet at the time where we need to be discussing the draft, but it's going to get close, um, which is really an interesting state if we're mid season and people are asking who that draft pick is uh, months from now. Now any questionable decisions in this game from Mike Tomlin, obviously none of them impacted the win or the loss. I mean, this game was done prior to to really anybody, you know, getting comfortable on the couch or wherever you're watching this game. They lose 41 to 10. They're down very early. That interception pick six by Mike Hilton that might be the backbreaker for the year, that happened relatively early in this game. But there's some fourth downs that are that are question marks for some people. There's a decision on the punt or lack thereof for some people, especially when you're keeping Ben in and you're clearly trying to come back in the game and you saw what happened last week and then you're punting the football. So that kind of seems like a hypocritical stance and decision based on keeping Ben in there. Anything for you that, that makes you scratch your head, especially with how this game unfolded, from Tomlin decision-making in this, even if it wouldn't have impacted the win or the loss.
0: Yeah, it's so hard to point a finger at some decision-making because this game was pretty much over five minutes in.
1: Um, so that makes things uh, a
0: right. little bit easier said than done, unfortunately. But uh, I, I do uh, like that he was aggressive uh, to end the half and wanting the offense to try to drive, get some points on the field. Uh, of course, that ended up being the pick six, which uh, definitely iced this game. So that, uh, that will look like a bad decision, but I'm all for uh, trying to – put yourself in a position to get caught claw your way back into the game it was 24 to 3 at that point if you could score right. any points there then you're getting the ball to start the second half and you'll have a shot at least but yeah. uh like I respect that uh I guess the only decision I don't like was uh, just riding with Ben all the way through the end um at some point you, you just got to make sure that Mason's not going to be the guy I know he's had plenty of auditions uh but I, I think you still want to play him to see if there's
1: any well, spark didn't get a pass in this game. It just makes no sense to me. You're down 30 most of the game.
0: Yeah, I know. It's ridiculous. And like this year five, it, it took Terry Bradshaw, what, five years to really hit his stride. So, you right. know what, like, at some point, if you're going to develop a quarterback, <laughs> you might as well. Say, I'm not saying Mason Rudolph is Terry Bradshaw, but right. if you're going to keep a guy around in the system for this many years, at least give him a shot when games are this out of reach.
1: Yeah, and Mason Rudolph has had some times. I, personally, I think he gets way too much hate for two years ago. The guy was thrown into the fire on, on a team that had him or Duck. I mean, again, he outplayed he, he Duck, but that year wasn't going to go anywhere once Ben got hurt anyway. It, does, it doesn't matter. And, yeah, he certainly has his warts. He has got better than where he was a couple years ago. He looked okay in that, that end of the regular season game last year, even though they didn't beat the Browns, and we've seen him look okay at times. He didn't look great in the start. Certainly, maybe if Ben was in there, they would have won that game. But also, if Deontay didn't fumble that ball at the end, they probably would have kicked a game-winning field goal with Boswell, even with Mason in there. So that's the hypocritical stance as well. If they keep saying that they were going to resign Mason for another year, that he at least certainly is a serviceable backup, that maybe we can figure something out with him. Kevin Colbert has said they think Mason can win them seven or eight games a year at minimum. So if that's the case, I don't get not seeing a little bit more from him. And hey, I would love a scenario where – we see Mason for two or three weeks, he, and not that I'm rooting for this or, not, or the other way, but meaning if he goes in there for two or three weeks and it's just horrible, I, I, I'll take some egg on my face then and at least we'll have a decision. I would love for the debate on Mason to be concluded this year. I think if we're in a situation where we're in next summer, before next season, and we know then about Ben's future or not, we know what happened in the draft whoever they may draft probably wouldn't be that top pick you would imagine unless they really plummet this year. And we're still not sure on Mason Rudolph and the Steelers team still has another year with him. They're going to let him linger. They don't know. Fans aren't sure. We're still polarized on it. That would just be really ridiculous for, for, for the franchise. So if you're not going to make the playoffs at some point, it does have to go to him. And then if you lose, what's the difference? I say at the top of the show, if you lost 41 to three or 41 to 10, what's the difference? So (laughs) there's there's really no difference there. I do want to lastly ask you here, Michael, and I appreciate the time. They got the Ravens coming up. I said this was a must win. Everyone agreed this was a big game, even if you didn't feel this was a must win. The only argument that this wasn't a must win against the Bengals is the landscape of the league. There are teams that can still lose. They're not out of it with an extra playoff spot this year than in past years. But what are your thoughts about that Ravens game? Is that a must win now for you? (laughs) And what are the keys to that game? Obviously, that's a divisional matchup. That's another big matchup. It's not going to be easier by any means. That's another quality quarterback. They then will have the Vikings after that, which is out of conference. But it doesn't get much easier for the Steelers. They have the toughest schedule remaining in terms of teams trying to get somewhere. It's not going to be easy. 5-5-1 five, five and one isn't great, even with that tie to the Lions. So what what are your thoughts on that game coming up against Baltimore, the Keys? And then is that now a must-win game after taking this L to Cincinnati in the division?
0: So if the Steelers were to lose to the Baltimore Ravens, they wouldn't quite be mathematically eliminated, but the chance of them to actually make the playoffs become as close to zero as you can possibly get. They'd be out of the division race. Uh, The wild card teams will be made up of uh, teams the Steelers have already lost to. Uh, So that makes things really, really tough for them. So they have to start winning Uh, in a hurry here so obviously this is a huge game if they lose this year is basically over anyway Uh, but the keys to this one is what the Steelers do to Lamar Jackson all the time because it seems like they play him better than anyone they got to be able to hit him they got to be able to force turnovers they got to be able to uh, just get in his head and make him play a bad football game which they've shown they've had the ability to do but uh, with how the Steelers have been stacking these last couple games I feel like uh, this might be the first time that Lamar Jackson has a, a decent game against the Steelers, so that thing makes things a little bit worrying. Right. So they just got to be able to uh, beat them up, uh, force the turnovers, be able to win a slugfest. And one of the things with the Ravens, I've been uh, very open about. I feel like they're one of the flukiest teams in NFL history. <laughs> it feels like they're getting blown out by halftime in every game. Yeah. Their opponent gets lulled to sleep, they come roaring back, and somehow they're in first place, the AFC North, <laughs> and really? uh, clo- closing in on that number one seed. They they do week in and week out. So. Uh, if, you, if you find yourself a big lead, don't take your foot off the gas pedal because uh, they show they can come back. I think they've already had five fourth quarter comebacks this year, which is ridiculous, but uh, it's, uh, it's one, of the, one of the keys you got to keep in the back of your mind.
1: Yeah. And the Steelers getting a lead will be something that we haven't seen in a while anyway. So that might be the first step. But then, of course, holding it against the Ravens team that, like the Steelers prior to today, has been able to come back. But unlike the Steelers, they have finished the job and have completed those comeback victories where the Steelers have come back and still ended up losing. And of course, this one, it just didn't matter at all. And you have the Ravens next Sunday on a 425 -er Eastern time here. And then only four days later against Minnesota Thursday night football so Minnesota is a team that certainly can lose to anybody as well as beating anybody and Kirk Cousins he's not Joe Burrow but he's a quality quarterback it's not going to be easy but if you say that's easier than the two you're going to have that on four days rest with a banged up team so I think the way this schedule unfolds and then of course Tennessee despite them being banged up Kansas City much better now than they were earlier in the year the Steelers facing them likely at a bad time with them now getting some victories Cleveland again that You know, you beat them, but they certainly could beat you. And then the Ravens again to end the year. So it's not going to be easy for Pittsburgh to say the very least there. Michael, I definitely appreciate the time. Michael Beck behind the steel curtain. Uh, I appreciate it again. And we'll we'll have you on sometime here, here soon. Hey, my pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Michael Beck again there from behind the steel curtain and the Steelers boy, 41 to 10 the most optimistic Steeler fan, Steeler media member, whoever, I don't think people on the Steelers would have thought that a win here was guaranteed. Certainly that they would have lost you know, they could have lost this game, but I don't think anybody thought 41 to 10 was going to happen. I just don't, I mean, 41 to 10, complete embarrassment for the Steelers. This is their biggest game of the year. And they showed up with their worst effort of the season. And that goes all the way from Ben Roethlisberger, Mike Tomlin, all the way down it's a healthier group than the week before Ben wasn't good early. Of course, the one interception, maybe on Claypool, that second one would end up being a pick six. That's fully on Ben. Ben overall bad in this game, not close to the guy that we saw a week earlier against the chargers and Najee couldn't get anything going. I maybe could argue you want to feed him more, but he had a bad day. Two-point-something yards per carry. Maybe he wasn't the answer. When you're down by so much, you can't just keep feeding the running back. So I get that as well. Claypool had his issues. Deontay's been the number one receiver for the Steelers, but it doesn't matter if you have nobody else, and the depth is an issue. Firemouth again, helping them in the red zone and eventually able to get going. He's reliable for Ben, but you don't have the two-headed monster that maybe you thought with Ebron as he continues to be hurt. You're dealing with more injuries from this game than before. The O-line can't be the issue for this game, but it certainly wasn't great. And they never were thought to be great this year. You can't expect much more from them. But again, what can you do? But this game, really, we knew everything we were going to get from this offense. We knew this offense, maybe, you know, you have to wait and see from last week. Maybe that Eureka moment wouldn't carry over. That's an aberration. I think we all could have understood that. We all could get that. Nobody expected this offense to immediately become the greatest show on turf or wherever you're playing. But the defense and a healthier defense wildly bowed bad in this game just immediately from opening kickoff. And again, it's a quality Bengals team. I thought the Bengals would be a quality playoff team next year. I like Joe Burrow as the future of that franchise. I like Higgins. I like Boyd. I like Mixon. I like members of that defense. I like that team to maybe be the best team in the AFC North for the next 10 years, even over the Ravens. I think I'd rather have Joe Burrow than Lamar Jackson for a hot take right now certainly more than baker mayfield uh, joe burrow might all of a sudden be the best quarterback in the division however 41 to 10 not even close you didn't think there'd be that much of a disparity and again you got to get up a little bit more for a game like this this is a, a really this was a must-win game next week is for sure a must-win game against the ravens who yeah the steelers could beat the ravens but you still got an uphill battle and this Bengals team despite looking so good in this game and beating the steelers and beating the steelers twice this year They've lost to the Jets. They've struggled this year in some games. It's not like they're beating up on everybody. This is the best they've looked all year, for crying out loud, against Pittsburgh, and even better than they looked in the game earlier this season against the Steelers. In Pittsburgh, they look better better at home than on the road, okay, but not this much. This was a game the Steelers almost felt like they were demoralized early on, and they never got going, and he didn't get hurt, so it's not as much of a conversation as it would have been if he did, although maybe some could argue that if Ben got hurt, it would be the best thing for the franchise, because then you'd be forced to be done with him. And him coming back might not be the best thing for the franchise at all. He took less, better than Mason and, and Haskins, sure. But I didn't believe this ever to be a championship season. I don't think many of you really did in your heart of hearts. So if that's the case, you had to build for something at some point. They're never going to tank. But once you're no longer a playoff team, if you certainly lose against the Ravens, you got to see what you have in Mason. You got to finally give him a game or two to stack and not have it be off of never playing before two years ago. When we did it in 2019, give him 2021 where he knows the offense better. He feels more comfortable in it. He's better than he was then. No, he's not the answer. I'm not saying that, but let's see it for a game or two. And if he completely sucks, give Haskins a game or two. If he completely sucks, then you know, they're both not the answer. And I don't think either one of them really are, but Having Ben start when you're not going to win a championship, especially when you're not even going to be in the playoffs, seems like what's the point? It really, really does. And it might, you know, obviously piss Ben off and the Steelers are not going to do it because they had that conversation with Ben and he's still calling some shots, as Michael alluded to, and he didn't come back to not play. But whether he's playing good or not, really, and certainly when he's not playing well, if the team is not in it, and for me, they're not in it right now, and barring a win against the Ravens and a convincing one, I don't really think they're in it this year. And certainly if they lose that game, they're definitely not in it coming into a short week after that against a good team and really needing everything to unfold for them, including a long winning streak to even crawl in the postseason, which is incredibly unlikely. Then what would be the point of more Ben Roethlisberger? So they're not going to do it. It's going to be a conversation though. It certainly will be, and it will not get easier from here. Ravens and then a short week Thursday night football against Minnesota. Tough schedule for the Steelers. They now are five, five, and one. That time of the Lions is going to be up there, crawl, at some point as well, potentially. And they've been close against some teams. They were close against the Browns. They were close against the Bears, but they didn't tie them. They didn't beat them. They didn't tie them. The Steelers tied them. It's not looking good for the Steelers now. This is yet another week without a Steelers win. This is back-to-back Steelers losses. And yeah, that includes the tie the week earlier. Ben looked bad. Mike Tomlin didn't have his best day. The offense, of course, looked bad. The defense looked god-awful. And the Steelers flat-out embarrassed to... This broadcast's not looking great right now either. The broadcast's looking awful there as, as my TV goes to black behind me. Uh, again, Mike Tomlin, not his best day. Ben Roethlisberger... Looked bad. Not his best day. The offense, not their best day as a group. The Eureka moment from a week earlier didn't carry over. But this one's on the defense. The defense didn't show up. The defense was healthier. The defense didn't create a pass rush. They had that one Minka, Minka play. But really, this defense couldn't stop a nosebleed. And if they're having these issues against Joe Burrow, why would they not have these same issues against Lamar Jackson? Many others throughout this season. So an embarrassing, a bad day for the Pittsburgh Steelers as they lose to the Cincinnati Bengals 41 to 10. A must win in a big game becomes a big bad loss for